0: Uh, Welcome uh, to another interview uh, conducted by EFSAS, and this time we have uh, as guest uh, Mr. Bashir Ahmed Gwak, who is an Afghan journalist currently working at Radio Free Europe, Radio uh, Liberties, uh, Radio Mashal in Prague. And he has covered the Taliban Islamic State uh, of uh, of Khorasan, uh, the TTP, Tariqi Taliban Pakistan, um, he's, an, uh, he's an expert on, on, on the relationships between these, uh, these groups and the extremist internet uh, strategies. Um, you have also written a lot about radicalism in, in Pakistan and the use of militants as a foreign policy tool. Um, studied media management and political communication in the U.S. as a Fulbright Scholar. And you're also currently working on a book that investigates the Islamic State of Khorasan's recruitment drive through social media and internet propaganda. Um, And you have been covered, you have been published in local and international media uh, and regularly uh, write articles on um, on the uh, terrorist uh, groups uh, in South Asia, especially in Afghanistan and Pakistan. So, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, and and before we before we start, just because this, you know, I've told you about it. It's a bit of a free flowing format. Um, but just to to know a little bit about yourself, how does an Afghan specialist end up in Prague working for Radio Free Europe? What, what what's your story? <laughs> uh, uh, I I
1: was born in Nangarhar, Afghanistan. Uh, uh, very much on the different line in gostad district where Mormon tribe of Pashtuns live there and I am Mormon uh, by tribe, by ethnicity and then we moved to uh, Pakistan because of the Russian Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. We migrated to Pakistan. Uh, my cousins and uncles were living in Pakistan because on uh, different line it's like both sides there are families uh, who uh, are separated because of this line and some have ended up on Afghanistan side and some have ended up on Pakistan side so the same thing happened to us. So it wasn't strange for us to be there. Uh, so I got educated there and I uh, my, my school education was there. And then I, I came back uh, to study at Nangarhar University, and then uh, I also started working in uh, Kabul in 2001, uh, when the Taliban government was toppled by the NATO forces, uh, NATO-led forces uh, and Afghan allies. So I, I started working there for different uh, uh, journalist organization, and then in 2007 I got Fulbright scholarship from the U.S. State Department, and I we moved to America. I studied at BU, Boston University. I did uh, a couple of semesters at Harvard, and then uh, I also uh, so in 2010 when I got when I graduated I got an offer to work for Radio Mashal, Radio Free Europe. Uh, radio Mashal is an entity which uh, broadcast uh, every day, nine hours to Pakistan-Afghanistan tribal areas uh, on Devon line. We cover, we cover Pakistan tribal areas in Pashto language, and we broadcast to them through radio, through website, and through we have social media uh, pages like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter we have millions of followers on each uh, uh platform and it's it's very it's very good that we can connect uh, people from a part of pakistan which is kind of neglected in pakistan mainstream media so we cover their stories they call the, they call us everyday we have calling shows and everything and uh, we also have an english section Gandahara, which covers uh story uh, stories related to Afghanistan and Pakistan. And uh, it's a part of Radio Free Europe's uh, 27 language services. Uh, so we, for example, if there is a story that appeals to international audiences uh, and uh, English speaking audiences, so we then translate it and put it on Gandahar. So uh, we, we that, that's how I, uh, s- started and how I ended up working here. For me, I also have worked as a as a producer and as a host of a couple of podcasts, uh, during my work here. Uh, One of them was very interesting, which was about nonviolence and how uh, could nonviolence be a tool at this period of time, especially when there is war and terrorism and everything. So how can uh, non-violent movements uh, can work on grassroots and can achieve their political goals? Uh, I I have also worked on another uh, um, uh, podcast, which was about uh, Pashtun heroes who throughout the history have done something for their people. And they were not only warriors because, you know, in, in, in the world, it's a perception that Pashtuns and Afghans they you know they always fight and they're like warriors and stuff. But no, we have we have had scientists, we have had writers, we had poets and everything like just like any other nation, there were warriors and everybody. So we we did uh, a, a continuous podcast on that and it was very successful. People liked it. Uh, we also, from our radio, uh, we have women uh, issues, we cover women issues extensively, and uh, especially at this point of time when Taliban are in Afghanistan and they uh, they have curtailed women' freedom and they have banned women from education uh, after sixth grade. So it becomes more relevant, more uh, useful, our programming to that area because uh, whatever happens in afghanistan have direct impact on tribal areas in pakistan it's very close very adjacent and the people are the same so that's why uh, you know, we are also cover currently the extremism the radicalization uh, impact that the taliban are having in those areas
0: and and when you when you talk about uh, the durand uh, line and and um... You, as an Afghan who has lived on both sides, there, 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 there seems to be one thing that all Afghans agree on, uh, and that is that they don't recognize the Durand Line. Uh, you have lived on both sides. How, how do you see that? Yeah, I think that it's very clear. I mean, it's, it has
1: been a very uh, big issue uh, in, uh, in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Uh, Pakistanis the government uh, also say that they don't uh, consider it as a line they consider it as an international boundary and I think the international uh, uh, stand stand is also like this I think the Americans have also spoken that it's an international uh, international border but Afghans it's a very sensitive issue in Afghanistan and for Afghans because uh, people are the same I mean literally people have uh, se- been separated, the houses are separated. It's not like you know, uh, there's a river in between or something that has uh, disconnected the area. No, like they, in, there are areas they have literally, like I have uh, covered one example, uh, I think it was in 2006, I went to uh, some places in Kunar province of Afghanistan. And then I went to Bajor, it's the uh, other part of different line in Pakistan. And there was a guy whose uh, guest house uh, remained the, on the other side. Like, you know, Hujra, it's like a Pashtun guest house, like where you, um, uh, when you have guests, uh, you host them there. It's separated from houses everywhere. And it was a big uh, guest house and they, it was on the other side. Of it. So, you know, th- these things happen. So people don't, that's why they don't uh, recognize it. It's the, they don't even like imagine uh, uh, because, you know, it's it, for an for a international border, you have to have visas and passports and everything, but these people, you know, used to uh, go back and forth without any restrictions. Now, currently, the Pakistanis, the Pakistan government, the army has uh, put a fence there and, and because they are saying that the milit- militants coming from that side. But the militants are still, like, you know, the attacks are still there. It's, the attacks are happening every day. Yesterday there was a huge attack. So it, the the fences are not uh, working. You know, to be honest, I mean it's and that that's a another problem. That I mean the people are uh, banned from going uh, back and forth, but the militants are still going uh, and they have free movement. So. Uh, I mean, questions are raised that how is it possible that, you know, if the fences can stop local people who knows the routes, who knows everything, they cannot go, for example, without a visa, how can a militant go um, and move from one place to another? So the to, to answer your question about the Devon line that people don't, rec- I mean, the, the local people, they they don't recognize it. And to be honest, there is, you know, a huge economic impact of this because you know the people who are who live on the different line their only source of money is this small uh trade you know they they take one thing from afghanistan and they bring it to tribal areas and pakistan and tribal areas they they take something to afghanistan so it's it's also has it's not like an emotional or political or ethnical issue it's also an a, economical issue
0: it reminds me a little bit of uh the LOC between India and Pakistan, which also cuts areas. and villages and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't you find this a little bit because you've written about uh, uh, radicalism in Pakistan and the use of militants as a foreign policy. How ironic is it that today, the Pakistan government is building a fence to stop militants from coming in <laughs> while that area, and it has been documented even by, by uh, army uh, officials over 40 years, how they have actually nourished and supported um, um, militancy or, or terrorism in the region. So how, how ironic is this now?
1: Yes, I mean, the, the, you know, that's what the Afghan government, the previous government, the Republic, have been saying this, that, you know, that uh, it's not about the fences, it's about the policies that you make. So, uh, and that's, uh, I remember Hikmat uh, Khalil Karze, who was a Deputy foreign minister, he went to Islamabad and he said this in a press conference that uh, the defenses will not uh, stop terrorism. The policies made here in Pindi will uh, decide what, uh, what to do with uh, terrorism. Uh, so, but on the other hand, Pakistan is saying that it'd be, it been very effective. 90% they say that. Uh, uh, areas in tribal areas have been cleared out of the militants and uh, the 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 insecurity and the attacks have uh, significantly uh, decreased but currently after the when the taliban took uh, Ur in afghanistan uh, these uh, militants attack have started again so it's also another question that how come they have started again now even though the, the fence has been completed, almost completed. I mean, it's, I think it's 94% or something has been completed. So if the fences was working, so why it's not working now? So it, 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 there are questions raised that, uh, and for example, inside Pakistan, there are uh, movements that also question this. For example, PTM, the Pashtun Tahafuz movement, They, in every, rally they have been saying this, that uh, it's not the fences, it's the policies. And Pakistani authorities, we have questioned them so many times about, you know, there is like this uh, very known perception that there is uh, the Pakistani uh, policymakers have uh, divided the Taliban between good and bad Taliban. And... uh, Good Taliban are those who uh, go into uh, Afghanistan and probably Kashmir, and uh, you know they harm other uh, countries, but not Pakistan. And the bad Taliban are those who attack in Pakistan. The Pakistani government, however, says that they don't have any difference between these militants, and every militant is a terrorist, and they are fighting them. Today we had a story about this in our radio. Mm-hmm. that many uh, member of provincial assembly in Khabar Bokhtum was saying that if this is the situation, so then why uh, the Afghan Taliban are, for example, taking government in Afghanistan and Pakistan is continuously having very good relations with them. Uh, but on the other hand, they are saying that uh, they are going after these uh, Pakistani militants. So if the, the Taliban are the same, so it should be same on both sides. But not if there is a difference, then the Pakistan will also not be secure because these militants, uh, the networking between militant groups, is so strong that they have to survive through attacks. If there is no attacks, then their presence means nothing. So they cannot satisfy their own militants, the, the foot soldiers. But it's Even for example,
0: that, that the relationship between Pakistan and Taliban is still good, because the perception is that it is not as good as it used to be.
1: Well, I mean, like the there are differences among the Taliban government, uh, like it was in, before. There are some elements of the Taliban government and the Taliban groups. Uh, who's, who want to have a, their own policies and independent policies. But the other on the other hand, the, the, uh, there are groups and there are leaders who want to have strong relations with Pakistan. Because if you see Pakistani authorities have been uh, saying good things about the Taliban, and, which is reportedly labeled as lobbying for the Taliban government, So why would Taliban uh, want to lose that support? They they would not want to lose that support. Uh, So that's why some some of the Taliban leaders are saying that we we should have good relations with the Pakistani government and the army. Yesterday, a Pakistani uh, delegation went to Afghanistan and they struck a deal with the Taliban uh, for trade and saying they will have more facilities for visas and trade. So clearly there is, it's not, even if there is some differences, it's not that deep.
0: But, and and, uh, you you have, of course, extensively written between uh, the relation between different groups. And I'll come to one thing which you mentioned, which was very interesting about the ISKP and Taliban, but first uh, coming to something else, which is the Taliban government or regime, which you have now, um which also has an element of the haqqani network in it how does that work
1: yeah i mean like there if you if you can uh divide or like if you can categorize the taliban government there are like at least three factions uh, among them and haqqani is very very powerful um one of the groups and. Uh, It's very, uh, like, one of the extreme uh, militant group as well. Uh, On the other hand, there are others uh, who are more politically inclined. They want to have, uh, I have spoken to some of them, and this is, we have discussed to have a government like uh, in Iran. Um, a regime like in Iran which is very conservative which has all those bans and everything but still girls can go to school and women can work and stuff like that and there are other uh, militant groups which is more from from southern areas in Afghanistan and they want to run uh, Afghanistan by uh, more like uh, uh, an ethnic uh, an ethnic basis where everybody can be happy. Like you can have like different ethnic groups, uh, uh, a coalition type, but uh, the Taliban would be leading it. So there are uh, three different groups among the Taliban. Haqqani, of course remains the most uh, brutal and very strong uh, among these uh, Taliban uh, members. And also, if you see, you know, an interesting thing happened in Kabul recently that the Taliban were uh, celebrating uh, mourning, actually, the and they were remembering the late leader of them, uh, Mullah Umar. And they had, like, these uh, posters and billboards in Kabul city and different squares. And uh, so the Haqqanis went there and they also installed their uh, billboards and the posters of uh, sirajuddin Hakani's father jalaluddin Hakani, was like the founder of the Hakani network. uh he is also dead so they said well if you are like uh, mourning and uh, remembering mula Umar, why not Hakani?" uh uh, although the, it was no connection, Hakani has it wasn't his like death anniversary or something. It was death anniversary of the Mullah Omar. So you can see, you know, the the differences and how deep it
0: is. Who 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 control? Who is the kingmaker at the end? Because we saw um, when this all happened, when uh, Kabul fell, we saw the. Um, I think it was the previous. Uh, the Director General of the Inter-Service Intelligence uh, at the Serena Hotel in, in Kabul, sipping uh, a cup of tea. Uh, according to some, that was to um, make sure that the Haqqanis would get uh, some accommodation uh, in, in the regime, and now you say they are one of the most powerful. So who controls it at the end? Is it indeed the military in Pakistan or? Is this the, the
1: public perception is that, you know, the Pakistani military is uh, controlling everything. So, uh, but we, we don't know for sure, like, what's, uh, who is calling the shots. But whenever something happens, like recently, there was, uh, there were reports that we couldn't confirm. We tried a lot, but we couldn't confirm that the Pakistani military... The, there is a brigadier, Brigadier Berkey, He is very involved uh, in you know, relations with the Taliban. And the the man you are talking about is the Lieutenant General Fez Hamid, who was the ISI chief, and now he is the head of the, the commander of uh, Peshawar Corps. And he he was recently in Kandahar on uh, a, a secret visit. and we tried to confirm with the officials, but of course nobody is going to talk about this. And they said that it was for the reason that there were some problems. Uh, there were many problems among the Taliban. And they were, uh, he, he was there to kind of mend the, you know, the fences and say that, you know, you guys should come together and work together because now it's the government. So, th- so there is an element of that, but there are other, Uh, people and leaders of the Taliban who are opposing this, that they are saying that they want to be independent. But how can they they be independent? Because remember, the Taliban leaders' families are still in Pakistan. And uh, this is one of the reasons uh, we also had reports that the Taliban wanted to bring their families back to Afghanistan, but they couldn't. Uh, They were not Either they were not allowed, or they, they 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 couldn't do it. But I don't know how why they couldn't do it. But they they couldn't. If they could bring their families back to Afghanistan, they would have at least uh, some kind of reliance uh, on their own people and not like uh, others on the other side of the Jordan line.
0: But but um, but you will still have the Haqqanis
1: you uh, still have the Hakani because you know Hakani is it's a very interesting uh, relationship uh, of the Hakani's in Pakistan. They have ethnic relationships as well because you know they are from the same tribe as the TTP people. Yeah. So uh, most of them, and uh, they have very strong ethnic bonds. And in, in Afghanistan and Pakistan, in Pashtun areas, when the ethnic groups uh, they they decide something. For example, they say, I will be with you mm-hmm. until death. They, they will be there with you. They, it's, it's unwritten rules and you, you cannot go back from this. So they, they are also using that ethnic and the tribal rules that, that they have and also the Islamic uh, portion of it because you know the, uh, the Taliban are an Islamic ex- ext- extremist group, so they are also using this as a religion group. Uh, but with the with the military, uh, you know the Hakani's uh, one of the Haqqanis, uh I think it was uh, Nasruddin uh, uh, if I am not wrong, uh, this Rajuddin Hakani's brother was killed in Islamabad a uh, few years back and uh, it was quite shocking for people because you know people thought they have very good relations with the Pakistan military so who could kill uh, you know one of the Haqqanis a strong man in Pakistan and brought daylight uh, in Islamabad and there were reports that maybe CIA and India have done it uh, but it could not have been done without the support of somebody inside the Pakistani military. So, uh, also, you know, there there are there were reports that sometimes when the Haqqanis were in Waziristan, uh, uh, they, they would be attacked. It wasn't like they they were not uh, attacking them, but they were never harmed. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying, you know, they would be attacked, but nobody would get harmed. So there was clearly some communication prior to the operations. So it, it's quite interesting relationship between these. People.
0: Yeah, because it, this is very interesting because now we'll come to the other uh, group, which is very closely connected with this, which is the TTP. So you have the Haqqanis who are in the Taliban regime, not always have great relationships with the taliban have very good relationships with the pakistani military so haqqanis are one of the good talibans the the good terrorists and then the haqqanis have ethnic and strategic very good relationships with the ttp which are the bad terrorists for the pakistani military so how does it work it's, it's very
1: interesting and it's uh... Uh, you know, the, the currently Pakistan is trying to uh, have a deal with the TTP and they have a uh, um, uh, ceasefire uh, with the, the TTP militants. They, they talked to them uh, so many times. Recently, you know, the the person that you've been mentioning, Lieutenant General Fez Hamid, was in Kabul and reportedly he met the TTP chief. Uh, what they are trying to do, uh, when we talk to analysts and uh, different politicians, what they are trying to do is to have a patch up between these militants across the board. So they don't, so it, it, even if there is militancy, it has to be controlled militancy. Yeah. So if there is no talks and TTP is also fighting and having clashes, the ISIS is there, the Al-Qaeda is there. And the Afghan Taliban and uh, among the Afghan Taliban, there are different groups. So it will be a chaos. So nobody will be able to control it. So it, it's not in, in interest of uh, Pakistan or uh, any other country. So they want to have, for example, if the TTP agrees to have the ceasefire and they don't attack, they don't continue to uh, support other groups, then at least one of the headaches is gone for the Pakistani military. They can focus on Afghanistan and bringing these uh, different factions of Taliban together to have a, a different rule in Afghanistan. But uh, uh, if it's not there, then they have to fight them because people will be asking them that the TTP is attacking us and you are doing nothing. So they had to go and fight them. So then they will be fighting the TTP and the TTP has the support of Haqqanis And uh, this could get complicated because reportedly Haqqanis have good relations with the militants, the military, the Pakistani military. So if they they won't be harming their own people if the relationship exists. So that's why uh, uh, the Pakistani army is trying to reach a deal with the TTP. So they don't get to the point that they have to go and attack uh the ttp which are bad taliban but they have relationship with good taliban so at the end the good taliban will be harmed as well because of the bad taliban that is
0: uh, the interest of this strategic depth policy exactly and
1: also because you know the haqanis what they uh, bringing uh, you know c- coming back to your uh, question the haqanis have they know you know there is Uh, a belief among many Taliban leaders that I have spoken to that this won't last long. The Taliban government will not last for long. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, the Haqqanis, they will not give up the sanctuaries and the safe havens in in tribal areas. And how can they get to those tribal, uh, these uh, sanctuaries and safe havens? They can only get there with the support of TTP, because they are locals. They are from there. So anything that would happen... So that's why the the good Taliban are not disconnecting themselves with the bad Taliban. Because at the end of the day, they are militants. You know, there are are like evidence, there are reports that they have helped each other carrying out attacks. But it depends on what kind of attack. For example, if it's an attack on... um, some innocent, uh, something that, that doesn't make a lot of buzz and uh, doesn't pressure the Pakistani military, they, they won't say anything. But if it's a huge attack, for example, the Awami National Party is, is a secular liberal party in Khabar-Pokhtunghwa, and it's one of its leaders, very powerful man, very famous, very known politician. Bashir Bilor was killed. And after two years, I think uh, his son was killed, Harun Bilawar, who was also a a member of Nationalist uh, uh, Awami National Party and a very strong politician. And that time, you know, everybody was saying, "So why the Pakistani military is not doing anything?" And they had to go and uh, uh, do an operation. But if it's like, for example, in some some people who are not like very influential, for example. Killing a police officer or killing a police team member, that that won't like do that won't spark a reaction from the military.
0: Do you see a deal uh, working? Do you see a deal between the TTP and the military of Pakistan working? In, in this that, that's
1: that's also a very good and interesting question because uh, the, many in uh, the TTP they are not in favor of the deal. They say we are doing jihad and it has to be jihad, according to them. They, they're they saying that uh, they're not there for political gains and political deals. Either get out of uh, the FATA, the tribal areas, leave it to us like it was uh, in Swat, uh, and uh, are, uh, we are fighting. On the other hand, this guy, Nurwali Masood, I think, where I, I believe, I think he's trying to buy some time to gather his forces among, uh, you know, because there are like in TTP, there are also different groups. And they, they came together in, uh, uh, in August uh, mm-hmm. and in September as well. And there were like at least eight of the militant groups. They came together and they said, "No, we are part of the TTP uh, umbrella, and Nurul Masood is our Amir." Uh, but uh, there, there are inside the TTP there are leaders. For example, uh, Khalid uh, Umar Khalid, who is like uh, 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 he's very active in Bajor, Kunar, and Muhmand areas. Uh, and he's uh, totally against the talks, and he, he wants. He's even inclined to join ISIS, and that's how ISIS come to play. For example, if this deal is not there, these militants, for example, they would say, "Okay, we are not part of the deal, but we cannot attack uh, inside Pakistan because of this deal. We are going to join another group,
0: mm.
1: and another group is that is." Uh, I believe, I think it has, a, has some promising uh, future is the ISIS. So you they will join
0: ISIS. That against, against popular belief, that was very interesting. You mentioned during the conference we held at the European Parliament last week, the popular belief is that ISK or ISKP and Taliban are rivals. But you have said that they actually on many occasions work together. How is that?
1: Yeah. I mean, not like on the upper level, but on the local level, uh, uh, you know, there are uh, Taliban fighters, there are are small local commanders who are helping each other. And it's because of the, uh, you know, the the logistics that they have to do. uh, Because, for example, in a very far remote area in Afghanistan or in Pakistan, they cannot wait for the central government of the taliban to bring uh, something for them so they had to rely on the other militant who has access to for example explosives okay. so how would they 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 do it they, they call each other and they do it and uh, of course they these kind of cooperations happen when they are attacking their common enemy mm-hmm. which for example you know it's very interesting that currently. In Pakistan, there are so many target killings in tribal areas. This year, alone in North Waziristan, we have, our radio, Mashal, has compiled a list of 33 people being killed in target killings. It's just target killings, not the bomb loss and stuff. They are target killings killed by gun, uh, guns and uh, targeted very precisely, these 33 people. So, and nobody's claiming responsibility for this. So it's very interesting that you have a ceasefire with the TTP and there is no, you say, there is no militant groups that is active, but the killings are happening. So uh, somebody is doing it. Mm. On the other hand, in Afghanistan, if you see last year when they had like uh, a three-day peace in Eid, uh, the Taliban didn't attack or they didn't claim any attack. All the attacks that happened were claimed by ISIS. So people are saying the perception, the public perception is that there is no difference. It's only convenient for them when they say, okay, ISIS took responsibility for this and the Taliban. On beliefs level, yeah, there is a difference between uh, their beliefs. I was reading uh, yesterday, I followed a Twitter account that is part of the ISIS. And they had like this telegram channel and if you see their literature, it's very much against the Taliban. And they're saying they are bad and they are like agents and stuff like that. They're accusing of the different names. But in the same time in the channel, you have these chats of the ISIS people. They are saying that on local level, we have to deal with them because you know they, they, they are more stronger at this point of time so we had to use their abilities for our own good so when the taliban on the local level when they are uh, not agreeing with their leaders they will uh, increase this cooperation with the isis
0: but this is an interesting scenario you've sketched one is you've mentioned that as well earlier one is there's division within the taliban The Haqqanis are very powerful. The Haqqanis are powerful on both sides. They represent almost the Pakistani military in the Taliban regime. At the same time, they are a broker with the TTP to make peace with the Pakistani military. Then you have also mentioned something, which is that many of these Taliban fighters are hardcore jihadists. And they did not go on this path to become a traffic police officer in a new Taliban regime, and then you also say that the ta- that within these militant organizations they all think that the Taliban will not last long, and many of these foot soldiers, as you as you call them, are looking for other more hardcore jihadist organizations like the Haqqanis, the ISKP, the TTP, because the Taliban seemingly is now interested in trying to manage a government, but this is a very doomed scenario because. If this happens, then you have, not the Taliban regime in Afghanistan, but then you have ISIS, TDP, and Harkannis. Yeah,
1: I think that's why it, and there is no hope for Afghanistan, to be honest. Uh, it's it's very painful to say this, but there is no hope. Uh, and uh, the, the scenarios there are like, the, whatever you, uh, like, uh, it, it doesn't matter how much you uh, analyze is it it's 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 leading you to a very dark picture and it's uh it it's becoming a hub of uh, uh, terrorist groups extremist groups especially uh, when you have a government that is um, you know they have these radicalized extremist policies and uh I'm very scared that, you know, the curriculum that they are making is going to be very, very bad for the Afghan youth, and it will uh, officially uh, raising uh, a militant, uh, a radicalized and extremist nation. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you have these kind of people, where would they go? They, they would have to find a way and they would have to uh, find targets uh, for themselves.
0: Which are the targets?
1: I mean, you know, the Afghanistan is not enough for all these groups. There, there are too many. And before there was a government that they could attack and like they would say it's an federal government. It's, it's a public government. So you can attack. So the whole focus was on, uh, on uh, Afghan government attacking them. But now it's, it's an Islamic government according to them. It's their own government. So, even like the ISIS, they cannot find a good reason to to have a fight with the Taliban. You know, both of them are, at the end of the day, Islamist uh, groups, and maybe one is very much radicalized, the other one is a little bit politicized, and they are saying that, okay, we, we, we can have the government. But uh, at the end of the day, they, they, they will not uh, you know, content themselves to Afghanistan. So they will have to find other places. For example, Pakistan is one and, and on the other hand, like, these are uh, already hard spots. Kashmir is another. So it, the challenges for India will also grow because, you know, these militants groups will have to travel to Kashmir as well. And uh, recently, last week, I think, you know, you saw in Srinagar, the police officer was killed in a very poor area and the, the attack was claimed by ISIS. So, and the other hand, there is Chinese investment. And uh, so China <laughs> is also trying to, to deal with the the Taliban so you they could prevent China. the investment.
0: Do, do you also see them going, you, you mentioned Pakistan, Kashmir, India, and Chinese investment, but do you also see these groups then suddenly going towards uh, Xinjiang, uh, towards the Uyghur population? Exactly. That's why
1: China is scared of two things. One is the investment that they are doing in Pakistan, and the other is this militancy that the Chinese claim that is dead, but it's 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 not. I mean, it could spark any any time. And the other problem is the Central Asia. Uh, there are like uh, these militant groups who are. Uh, uh, like for example, last week, this uh, Mehdi Arsalan, he was one of the Ansarullah uh, commander. He came up with the tehreek Taliban Tajikistan. He's a he's a Tajik citizen, and he got inspired by the 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 Afghan Taliban government, and he he now has his own TTT. So uh, his Taliban movement, and these uh, those militants. They also have an agenda to help with Uyghurs, uh, Muslims, and the Xinjiang the militants who are, uh, you know, active in uh, those parts. So the the scenario is becoming very bleak. And also, you know, the, some of the countries they they believe that you know the Taliban. The Taliban are also selling it as a as saying that you know we are very powerful, we are strong, and if we are not here. You know, these all militants will come and like uh, like zombies and it will come to your countries. Do you see but them... uh, I don't know.
0: How... Do, do you see them also coming towards like it happened earlier? Uh, it's almost as if history is repeating itself. But do you also see them coming then at some point of time towards the West? 9-11? London?
1: That's, that's a very good question. You know, the, the, the militants, some of the militants who are like even they're saying that they don't have a global agenda, but when you have like people like Faisal Shahzad who who attacked uh, Times Square in New York, he was like a common you know citizen. He was he had no uh, agenda. He never expressed his uh, you know despair or anything, but he tried to carry out an attack. So, you know, these, even if they cannot travel themselves, they will inspire other radicalized uh, groups and youth in different parts of the world. For example, we saw this with ISIS uh, and uh, the, the social media is playing a huge role in radicalizing uh, these uh, youth uh, setting in Western countries, for example, Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, the Facebook banned and uh, the taliban accounts so many accounts even their uh the afghan uh, government tv which is now under control of the taliban was uh, their accounts were blocked their pages on instagram and whatsapp and facebook so they i think have realized that this is going out of hand especially at this at this age of time when you have like these if you see on twitter spaces there is every day there are uh, the taliban are hosting twitter spaces and they are openly talking about infidels non-muslims christians yahood and swara which is like the jews and like the infidels so you know these people sitting for example a guy who is sitting here in prague are like other uh, european capital uh, if he's radicalized or if he he has the uh tendency he will find a way mm-hmm. and he will do something and uh it's it's it could be uh not like a huge uh group of people doing it but individuals are enough here i mean they they have done we have seen it in different uh, different times that they, they have damaged uh, this society so much
0: but you you like, let's go with this doom scenario because we are I, I know you have not so much time, but it's so interesting that I think we, we could I, I would like to speak uh, another one hour. but if you go into this doom scenario, because it seems a little bit like you know what happened when the Soviets were, were in Afghanistan. So um, you go into this doom scenario and you have all these militant groups. And then of course, in the 80s and in the 90s, they were supported by a militant group cannot survive for long as long if it's not supported by a country. Uh, it needs weapons. It needs money. So in the 80s, you had the in the 70s, you had the, the Americans supporting uh, various groups in Afghanistan. Then in 80s, 90s, it was the Pakistanis who adopted them and they supported them. And then they diverted them towards uh, towards India and Kashmir. Now, if you have this doom scenario, do you see that happening again? Because Pakistan, at the end of the day, is an Islamic state, uh, it doesn't want trouble in its own country, uh, and these militant needs money and, 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 and weapons, so do you see that happening again and then being diverted towards the more infidel countries um, uh, eastwards? I mean, like
1: it's 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 going to be uh, for you know for these militant groups they have to find some support from somewhere, and uh, for the Pakistan, if we think about it like uh, uh, realistically, they also even if they don't want to, the the, the military has to have some kind of grip. And these militants because if they don't then it will be a headache for them yeah. so they 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 have to kind of have good relations with them and they have they had to uh like in previous years we have seen like as you mentioned the, the mujahideen of the time and after the 90s you know the taliban so they, they, there has to be somebody who is going to uh take Kind of lordship of these people uh it would be you know uh,
0: going to be according to you it,
1: will, it would be uh, in this region you know no other country is uh, uh you know entrusted in uh, you know kind of having good relations even good relations with the militants other than the pakistani military and the Pakistani generals have said themselves, uh, it's it's a very open secret. It's like they have, uh, for example, General Musharraf had an interview uh, a couple of years back, and he said, you know, Hakani's are their heroes. So, uh, they, so you know, these kind of uh, things. If the, if this is the mindset, then they they will take care of Osama bin Laden
0: was called a martyr. Obama
1: bin Laden was also called a martyr by the, you know the former prime minister, minister of Pakistan. Uh, and so it's it's and he he was killed just you know a few miles from uh, the, uh, the the military camps so it's, it's 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 but it would you know it it remains to be seen to see how would they be used in, in like in future one you know target is india which is like the obvious target you know you you go there and there is already seeds of militancy there and uh, they have a cause as well they say you know we want independence in kashmir and everything but on the other hand so where will they go so it's china pakistan has a very good relationship with china they don't want to ruin the investment that the chinese have so what would happen i i think what i see is that maybe there would be different attacks on embassies i mean I'm not saying it has to be the same way, but this is the, you know, the fear that, for example, in Kenya, we saw you know, Al-Qaeda was attacking. So I think those things, as you said before, the history is repeating itself. So these kind of things will come up. For example, Al-Qaeda or ISIS cannot reach to Washington. So what would they do? You know, if they want to harm... An American uh, government or American, uh, you know, w- one of their organizations, they will have to go for their soft targets. You know, even the the citizens would be very careful traveling in those part of and the. If world. they
0: are smart, they'll not do it in Islamabad, but do it in but Delhi. They would do
1: it in places that could be uh, like not blamed on certain people. So you know, they they could. Uh, but, you know, I think we can talk in words and tongues, but, you know, the whole world knows what is going on and who is supporting who. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, is the question is that, is it fruitful? Is it uh, to have, like, a, uh, you know, in Pakistan, just uh, last week in parliament, there was, like, a huge debate about this, you know, one of the guys from Jamaat-Islam, which is a religious political party, and they have been supporting the Taliban, Senator Mushtaq Ahmad Khan, and he said that this policy of supporting the militant groups is no longer helping Pakistan. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's bad for Pakistan and for the region. It's, he said as a politician, when he goes abroad, he cannot defend it. So he says, why would I, as a politician, defend a military's policy, which is not fruitful for me and for other people? So even those people who are not talking about this, they are talking about it. So I don't know how long it will continue, but the, current, the situation currently is very bad, and in f- seeing it from uh, current lenses is going to even get worse.
0: And uh, one thing I want to come to you because we, uh, like I said, when we held this uh, conference as well uh, last week, uh, we also had one uh, Tajik on the on the panel, uh, Tajik lady Horia Mosadik, uh, sitting who sp- spoke about women rights and human rights. Um, what is this? Because we, you know, we keep hearing this. What is this? Um, there are a lot of ethnicities in in afghanistan of course um but uh, this 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 sort of new rivalry thing between Pashtun, tajiks kuzais isn't this a a, a basically a, an alien narrative the people of afghanistan are buying into
1: yeah i mean this uh, the current situation when you see for example you know we we had a country and uh, good or bad, the government was there and uh, all these uh, different ethnicities had some kind of representation in there. Mm -hmm. Although you could argue that, uh, you know, there were not many uh, ethnicities had good representation. For example, you know, the the politicians who were representing them, uh, most of them were Uh, using them. For example, uh, we had like all these strong warlords in different parts of uh, country. I would not say a Tajik warlord, but I will say a Pustun warlord, for example, in my province. He used to say, oh, why not my people are getting much in this government? And basically he was saying why I am not getting much?" So all these people from different uh, ethnicities, the warlords, they use their own people for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. But nothing they didn't give. For example, if you go to Badakhshan province, it's a very beautiful place. Extremely beautiful. And I love it. It's uh, We had uh, a president from there. Burhanuddin Rabani was from Badakhshan. And uh, he was the head of Jamaat-e-Islami, uh, one, one of the jihadi groups uh, that fought Russians. And his son salahuddin rabani was foreign minister but badakhshan is very very backward they didn't do anything for the their own province the roads are bad and there are no facilities you know health situations bad so they were claiming representation of their own group but did they do something for them so when you come to uh, you know the public you know different uh, groups can ask and can have different opinions and complaints, which are all legitimate. For example, currently the Tajiks and Hazar are saying Taliban are Pashtuns and they're in the government, which is true. I, as a Pashtun, I I have no difference between, uh, for example, uh, an Uzbek, uh, the the Taliban Tajik uh, army chief, Fasihuddin, who is a Tajik, but he's uh, the army chief, current army chief of Afghanistan in the Taliban government. He's from Badakhshan. There is no difference between him and there is no difference between Sirajuddin Haqqani, who's a Pashtun. They are the same, you know, the two, two sides of the same coin. But what, what this is, uh, it, 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 the debate should be there. The arguments should be there. But at the end of the day, you have to come up with a solution and say, what do you want? Like, do, do you want to have, uh, as you said, you know, this alienation, the current situation is that the, the, uh, everybody agrees that the Taliban are bad for Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So why not people can come up from different groups, different ethnicities and focus on this common ground? And for example, yesterday, there was a Twitter space, and one guy said, uh, for example, if we uh, struggle and we try to topple the Taliban government, he says, uh, and if there is no Taliban government, and then we can come up with a government, and then we can decide what you get and what I get. So the first, what is the priority? The priority is this: that you are Pashtun and I am Tajik, or no? It's the the priority is that
0: first well, we need to house. have a house.
1: The first thing is like, for example, if you are fighting for a uh, in a house, like you said, the living room is mine and the kitchen is yours. First, you have to have the house.
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't have the house, there is another person occupying it. Mm. You 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 need to take expel that person first and then fight for living room and kitchen. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So you know the priorities. It has always been the case in Afghanistan that the priorities were not there. Yes, the different ethnicities when they are saying uh, that, for example, there is uh, some of the minority groups are not getting much in the government. To be honest, Pashtuns as a majority, they also have a lot of complaints. Mm-hmm. The Taliban in Ghazni, they they were banning uh, the Pashtun girls in Pashtun areas from going to school when they were like uh, fighting against the government. Mm. But they were not saying anything to Hazara people in Hazara districts because their logic was that Hazaras are not our people. They can do whatever they want. We want Pashtuns to be more Muslims, more (laughs) Islamic, So, but the Hazaras and Tajiks are blaming Taliban and Pashtuns. Currently, the Taliban have arrested two very prominent people. Azeem Azimi, who uh, who staged, uh, uh, he planned, actually, he didn't even do the protest. He was planning on Facebook. He said, we are going to protest against the National Security Advisor of Pakistan, who is coming to Afghanistan. It was last year. And he was arrested. And it's been nine months, I think. Or something that he's still there in jail. Nobody's asking for it. He's a Pashtun, and there was another guy. Uh, he's a writer. He was also arrested for merely posting on Facebook. Nobody. So the Taliban didn't say, that, "Oh, you are Pashtun, so we don't want to, you know, touch you." The the Taliban, and it's it's. I think one thing that I agree with the with this whole debate is that the Pashtuns should come up and say, "Who?" Uh, who are their representatives. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if if they consider Taliban their representatives, so then they are Taliban. you know. But if they don't consider the Taliban as representatives, then they should clearly say this. Because uh, people are saying that they are Pashtuns, so they have to be representing the the Pashtuns. But it's not true. Ashraf Ghani was also a Pashtun. Mm-hmm. So Karza is also a Pashtun. Even Dr. Abdullah, ethnically, he's a Pashtun. But uh, the, the the problem is that how much, when when you come to, uh, the, it's not just the president who decide things in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. In Afghanistan, for example, there was the president, Rani, but he disowned his own brother, let alone other Pashtuns. Mm-hmm. So why? Why would he be representing a person? So th- this is a good debate to have. Uh, and it should be open. There should be. I have very, very good friends, for example, among Turkmen's and Hazaras. I have been to their house just like my own uh, like my own aunt house, my own uncle house. They have been very respectful to me. They have come to our house. They even didn't understand the language in, uh, spoken in our house. And believe me, they, they couldn't understand each other without speaking, like, you know, so it's it's the local uh, and, and local uh, uh, basis. There's not as much as uh, differences as the elite uh, polit- political enthusiasts are trying to portray, but it's a good debate to have. It's... You
0: say the debate is good, but two things, one, it is not as if Pashtuns have not been victims of violence. Pashtuns if you see you know on the number side yes
1: Just take it like most of the attacks happen in pashtun areas yeah. most of the um, army soldiers were pashtuns who were killed most of the schools destroyed in pashtun areas i am from nangarhar and there was a tussle and there was like a, a fights between so many people. For example, the ISIS were fighting the Taliban. The Taliban were fighting ISIS and they were fighting the Afghan government forces and the Americans. So, you know, if you go to areas in Khugani, in Shinwari, they would tell you that bring here a Hazara, but no Pashtuns. Because they were, these militant groups were Pashtuns. They were fighting and they're killing these people. They were local Pashtuns. They planted bombs to people and (laughs) told them to sit on the bomb. Like, literally, they have video of these tribal leaders sitting on bombs and and remote, they they were uh, exploding those bombs. So see, uh, why would somebody from Shinwari are very, very, very narrow-minded and uh, narrow-minded in a good sense. Like, you know, they they are like deep-rooted Pashtuns Mm -hmm. who, who care for their values and everything they would tell you that we don't want these uh, Pashtun militants. Yeah, they would want a Pashtun uh, technocrat, they would want a Pashtun uh, PhD, they would want a Pashtun educated person, but not a Talib, not an ISIS. They would prefer a Hazara, a a, a, a 12th grade, a school graduate Hazara or Sirajuddin Haqqani. I bet you they would do. But, uh, and that's, that's the problem that, you know, people don't travel in Afghanistan. They don't sit, they don't talk to each other, they don't have debates. And it's always been a taboo topic to, to talk about. You can talk about different things and uh, at the end of the day, you don't have to agree uh, with each other. But at least you have spoken mm-hmm. and you know what's uh, the position of the other person. And that's what happening here in for example in european countries there are so many countries that they have different opinions for example the current russian war in ukraine but they, they they agree on one thing that they there will be disagreements
0: no that is interesting that the debate is good but at the same time like you said it's not as if Pashtuns are excluded from the violence and uh, second thing is uh, you know these 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 ethnic uh, differences and even if you go further you have then regional differences you have religious differences you know uh, most of the people are muslim you have 72 streams in in islam as well um, so at some point of time you need to work together as afghans uh, instead of uh, I- instead of getting bre- broken up in these in these small groups so um, you've 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 you know that, That's a positive note. For the rest, it has been a very you know, alarming uh, analysis from your side that we are looking towards uh, a lot of trouble in the region. And um, just to end with my last question, if, uh, if I may, is that you talked in the beginning about nonviolence being the solution to this. How do you envision that?
1: Currently, uh, in Afghanistan, there is not much uh, activity going on because, you know, the Taliban are very brutal against the um, uh, protesters, especially women. Uh, but in Pakistan side of the different line, there is, uh, we have a movement, uh, PTM, Pashtun Tahafuz Movement, mm-hmm. uh, our Pashtun Protection Movement in English. It's uh, it's a very grassrooted. It's uh, the leader Manzur Pashtin, He's a very ordinary guy. If you talk to him, you will, you will think he is like a, a very clever, very smart guy, but he he comes from a very humble background and uh, we've been interviewing him when he was like uh, not the leader of TM and he was uh, an activist uh, and but he knew he has seen everything. And, and, and he has experienced all these brutalities of the militants and he has seen them the military operations in Pakistan. So he knows what's going on, and he's very clever. And he what what he did when he formed a PTM, he said anybody from any party can be here. It's not like we are saying that we are Pashtun nationalists, so the religious parties cannot join us. Are the Pakistani uh, Central uh, Parties cannot join us. And that was one of uh, uh, the reason that he was very successful. The team was very successful and has been successful. And we were talking in our office uh, someday, you know, he he was uh, arrested in uh, Karachi. And before getting arrested, he had like a 40-second Facebook video. And he said, everybody come out of the street and protest. Not for me, but for this cause that we have. And uh, believe me, people in uh, Gujarawala, in Punjab, in Pakistan, which is, you cannot imagine they have any connection with Pashtuns. They also, there were people who also came to streets and they also had videos on Facebook, live videos and they were protesting. There were postoons, labors and stuff like that. So, you know, he had this popularity. And uh, what he has achieved, you know, many people are asking that what he has done and on Twitter space we had with him, somebody asked that why you don't take guns and you start, you know, fighting the Pakistani government and Pakistan military. And his answer was that uh, we are not here for like gaining some land. We have our own land. We, we, we are telling the people that this is our land. you should go out. If you want it, you come and take it. It's I’m not, I’m not going to capture someplace. But what they have done, you know the non-violence, uh, people say that it doesn’t work. But we have a history of Khudai Khidmatgar and, you know, Bacha Khan being friends with Gandhi. And uh, so we we have seen it, but it's been very effective. Uh, And this nonviolent movement of PTM is also very effective because for the first time in Pakistan, people are talking about military, Mm. which was, uh, you know, it was a sin to talk about what the army is doing. You cannot question them, you cannot talk about them, you cannot talk about their expenditures, you cannot talk about their businesses, nothing. The first time PTM came up with the slogan, and say, it, the slogan was there, but they popularized it, and they said, hai iske piche wardi. which means the, the terrorism that we have currently is because of the, our army. The, the military is backing it up. So it, true or false. That's not like our, our thing to say, our, our decision to make, but nobody could say such, such things. And they, they started this debate. and now when the army is doing something, they are very careful. So you know, they, they pressure them. And uh, so what the, the future scenario is that the Manzur Pashtin, he is very clever, he uh, you know he is doing a the, the afghan national dance the pashtun dance and at the same time when he is free from Athan, he goes and lead the prayers so he's not you cannot uh, you know uh, there, there, there are uh, you cannot stamp him as a westerner who came from west uh, and he installed. he's from there he says i am a muslim Guy, I'm from this place. It's my own people. It's my place. So there are no, there are no, re, there are no excuses to make against him, and uh, that's why it's very difficult for uh, even militants to attack him. Because you know the militants are also saying the the military should leave us, and Manzoor is also saying they should leave us. So why would they kill him? And on the other hand, the military cannot harm him because. He's also saying bad things about the militants, which is uh, you know, the official policy of the Pakistan government as well. So, uh, the, the, uh, But currently he's saying what he's talking about the uh, tribal areas, that the Taliban are coming here, and we have to be prepared for this. So how would the PTM uh stand up to uh, the 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 you know the raging the the, the active the attacking ttp and also uh survive the the horrible relationship that they have with the pakistani military so how how would they 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 do this what they are saying is that they are being arrested they have been killed and it could continue, but we are not going to get violent. We will not have weapons and stuff. So they will continue their struggle. And I think what they are doing is that they have uh, uh, created political awareness among people. So even if the Taliban are there, people would uh, go against them and protest them. Like, for example, even in Afghanistan, they had this impact in some areas. In, For example, the close to uh, different Line the, in Nengarhar. Many people came out against uh, this uh, when the Taliban decided against the Afghan flag. And uh, so p- people started protesting. It, it was the same pattern like the, the, the PTM is doing. So they are trying to uh, create awareness and it will continue. The problem is that how uh, how would they sustain it against brutality? That would remain to
0: no so, so you say one of the nonviolent movements which is very popular, which peace, uh, you know, which people are, are, who want to invest in peace in the region could invest in these nonviolent movements. Of course, there is a caveat that for now the militants and the Pakistani military are not touching them, but uh, probably when this uh, pressure will grow, uh, they both might collaborate in order to crush this nonviolent movement. Uh, just my last question, do you think it would make a good idea just what we discussed before, for this Pashtun Tahafuz movement to maybe rename itself into uh, by including the other ethnicities as well?
1: Yeah, we have asked this. I mean, we have asked their leaders, Manzoor Pashtini and others and uh, what happened is like it's, uh, when they started, it was uh, Masid uh, protection movement, Masood. It's a tribe in uh, Waziristan Uh, and Manzoor Pashteen is also Masid. Uh, At that time, they didn't have this uh, vision of including other ethnicities, for example, from Afghanistan. But he changed Masid to Pashteen because he wanted to say that I'm the representative of all Pashtuns. He doesn't call representative to himself but he says servant of the people. But, but what he did, for example, there was uh, there was a protest in Bamyan, which is a, a, a you a hundred percent Hazara province in Afghanistan. And uh, Manzur Pashteen recorded a video to speak in that protest. And it was interesting. Then he was speaking in Pashto and he said, I'm sorry, I don't speak Farsi, but whatever I'm saying is, is what you are, you are saying, maybe in a different language, but I'm saying the same thing in Pashto. And uh, what happened because of that, next time when there was a protest, I remember it was against the government, the Ashraf Ghani's government, and people had uh, these Pashto. Pristine Camp, the PTM capes in Burma, there were Hazaras. So what what he's saying that maybe the name is not uh, like uh, something that could include everybody, but the the organization, the movement, is for everybody. For example, they they go to these Baloch camps, they go to these Sindhis camps, they they even talk about Kashmiris. Uh, they 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 talk about almost everybody but it, it it could be a good suggestion that they could change into another another name uh, but uh, I think it's 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 quite famous it's it's been a brand so changing it to another would not have the same impact and it has to be. A lot of marketing involved to make it more popular. <laughs> Although Manzur is quite popular, even if it was like Manzur movement, people would uh, start. You know, I can I can tell if there are like when Manzur came up uh, in this scenario, there were so many people. There was a trend on Facebook that everybody's son who was born is named they named it after him. So he's that quite a. Famous, So maybe, you know, if he decides something, but I think he also knows that uh, uh, he he has to start from Pashtun areas, Mm. because what he's doing is like he he started from Waziristan, a very small place in Waziristan, and then it started and grow, grow, grow. And now it's like uh, Alwar in Pakistan, even like there were like other leaders of PTM, they, they established their own political parties. So even parties uh, <laughs> born of PTM
0: and it's still there. So the PTM is one of these non-violent movements who could be, uh, which could challenge this grim scenario you have uh, you have sketched. Let's hope it uh, it works and the leader lives on because uh, knowing the history of the region, when it will become a bigger pressure. I think uh, the Taliban and, and other extremist forces along with the Pakistani military, it would be in all of their interest to crush this movement. But then again, the idea- I mean,
1: currently there are also, you know, there are so many uh, leaders are arrested. Yeah. And one of the reason that PTM is successful that, uh, for example, Manzur Pashtin was arrested, but it didn't stop. It wasn't like one-person uh, movement that it stopped with Manzoor Pashtin. Mm-hmm. No, it it wasn't. Mosin daul was arrested. Ali was still in jail. Sana Ejaz is one of their female activist leaders. She, she was uh, put in ECL. Uh, Ar- Arman Loni was killed or died. You know the uh, the PTM says that the Arman Loni was killed by the police uh, in uh, when they struck him on head, but the police says he was he died of heart arrest and stuff like that. But he died, and his uh, his sister, Uranga Loni, she she's very from a very remote area where even women don't go out of the house. But she's one of the leaders in PTM so it it won't you know killing is not going to work uh, and that's we have seen in different uh, uh, you know groups even the militant groups they don't die with the killing of their leaders so there there is always somebody who takes up and uh, say okay let's move on um, but what will happen? And that's 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 a big thing that you know the these uh, the Pakistani government has been talking to PTM as well. They had negotiations with them as well, but it didn't work for them. What they are saying PTM is that we don't have any political agenda. We don't want money or something. You know you what what you want to give us? Like what, what's your? We are simply asking you that you should stop this good and bad Taliban policy. There has to be one policy and the other hand like you are here you have captured our schools and stuff and you have uh, you know created bases in schools and in hospitals go out of these areas and also give us the the, the you know the, we, we had all these resources that in are here that we we should have a say in it at least so these uh these are the very simple demands so it, in
0: essence in essence and that is the uh the good takeaway from this is that even after 70, 75 years, it is the philosophies of Gandhi and Basha Khan, which will work. Exactly.
1: And, you know, that's why, you know, they are, uh, one of the reasons, one of the things that PTM is saying that uh, these nonviolent leaders has to be included in curriculum. And uh, the previous government of uh, in Heber Bakhtin Khwa the Obama National Party, they put all these, they had Gandhi, they had Bacha Khan and everybody in the curriculum. Uh, but this government, the PTI government, they started removing them. So because PTM is saying that when the kids learn about, for example, Rashid Minhas, one of the uh, Pakistani army commander who in Pakistani books, I have read it, it says that he he was like a, a pilot who attacked the Indian army and killed like dozens of them. And then he died in the, he was martyred. So everybody in our class would uh, want it to be Rashid Menhas or somebody, Colonel Sher Khan, who was recently killed in uh, Kargil. So, uh, but Manzur Pashin is saying nobody should be Rashid Menhas to get killed. You know, people should be living and if if somebody lives that w- they would work for their nation and the country not no dead person has worked for the country so why you want people to die so it so these kind of things and it's it's uh, he's he's interestingly he's challenging the ideology of the state the narrative which is, the narrative and you know because you know pakistan was built on this uh, that you know we are muslims in india for example although there are more muslims in india than pakistan but uh so that and that that has brought him challenges uh because you know you cannot go you cannot touch those things in pakistan there are so many ethnicities and every ethnicity has problems so if they they are Pay attention to ethnicity. Then the Pakistani, then it would be a problem for Pakistan as a state. And how would the, they deal with it? I mean, uh, once they said enough is enough, the Pakistani military spokesperson said in a press conference. But they couldn't harm them. You know, I had I had a conversation with Sanai Jazi, and she was, uh, and she told me she was summoned by, uh, I and the ISI. Uh, wing uh, office, and uh, so the the guy, the commander, told inform her that, you know, you are going to have a protest in Peshawar, but we have very credible reports that the Indies, the former Afghan intelligence, and Ra, the Indian intelligence, and the Afghan uh, indices, the Afghan was the Afghan intelligence, they are going to plant bombs. Uh, and uh, probably would uh, have explosion in your rally so don't do this rally and Sanai just says, so why would they kill us you know you you guys say that we are the agents and you know representing uh, the uh, indian and afghan interests so why would they kill their own people and she said i told the colonel or the commander that even if i die of uh, covid it would be on you because you know you guys have made it so visible so obvious that you are our enemies so that's i think that is playing in the interest of ptm that even if they die for example in a car accident people will say oh there was something you know
0: well let's let's
1: hope
0: hope it remains that way because you also know once the elephant decides (laughs) to turn it's on its different side that is difficult to stop it. <laughs> but, uh, Bashir Ahmed, uh, well, thank you very very much for this interview. And I know I've I've taken too much time of you. We decided on on 30 40 minutes. We ended up with more than an hour. But maybe we can do this uh, once again uh, sure. when, when the situation improves or or uh, something new happens. Thank you, uh, thank you very much, and uh, see you see you next time soon
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: thank you thank you